Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. I believe stories matter. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I want to share stories from women all over the world with you. I want you to be inspired, encouraged, motivated, challenged. I want you to tell your story too. If you'd like to hear more about my story, you can visit my website, jessicatravis.com. I've shared a great deal of it in my blog, as well as in my shared podcast with my husband called Sacred Spaces. Both of those can be found at my website. You can also follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. Welcome back to another episode of the Connected Podcast. Um, I have taken a little break. Um, Life has been super crazy. I'm now living on the road. So I am doing a podcast today from my new home, which is a camping trailer. Um, So uh, yeah, I have a new backdrop. I have a new uh, studio. (laughs) My studio is my home now. So um, so we're going to give this a go um, and kick off my new journey with another new story. Um, today, I have Daisy with me, and um, Daisy found me on the internet and had a story that she would like to share. Um, so I'm excited to just jump in and go for it. So Daisy, I start out with asking Um, all of my guests, a question that um, I just want you to just feel into and answer um, for our audience. Um, Daisy, who are you? Hmm. Uh, uh, So many things. Um, I will say the first thing that comes to mind, kind of not happy about it, but the first thing that jumps to mind is mother. Um, because that has been such an overwhelming, um, part of who I am. (laughs) Um, but it's not what I want to be all of who I am. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then the next thing that jumps to mind is just, um, when someone asks who I am is to really describe who and how I kind of am in the world, I guess, Mm. like, Um, things that come to mind are that I'm an introvert and I'm a highly sensitive person and, um, you know, those sorts of things feel like really who I am. It took me a long time to figure out. And now that I figured those out, I'm like, that's, that's who I am. Um, I'm also married. Um, I also have a business. Mm. Um, I also like to take walks in nature. Those are all bits and pieces Mm. of who I am, I guess. So I'm curious as an introvert, um, this isn't the case for everyone, but to come on a platform like this and share about who you are, what does that feel like for you, um, you know, in your intake as I get to know you a little bit through some um, questions I asked before the podcast, that was something that you brought up. So I'm really curious how being here um, sits with you. Well, it's such a it's such a good question and so interesting because um, I think there are different shades of introversion, um, but my shade is that I love having deep conversations with people. Mm. I mean, that's just something that really like I would much rather have this conversation with you than be like making small talk 
you know, somewhere else where we're not really talking about anything. Um, So that's part of it. Um, And then the other part is that I just love hearing other people's stories Mm. so, so much that um, it's just something that really interests me and and that I like participating in, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, I really connect with that, the way that you describe that. Um, I find that I can be very vulnerable with myself in a more intimate setting and that superficial experience, big groups, I can do it, but I don't get energized by it. But having like a one-on-one conversation and where we can go deep, that is incredibly energizing to me. Um, and I probably drive people nuts about that because it's not something everyone wants to do. So I'm excited to have some fun with you today. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly how I feel too. I'm always like asking these really, you know, introspective questions of people. And I think they're like, can we just talk about the weather? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have such a hard time with that too. Um, So, well, let's just, let's just go deep really fast. Um, I, you had mentioned um, in your intake that there was some, um, a shift for you in life, um, moving from, um, one career, one profession into another, and your introversion was a part of this. And um, if I if I've understood that correctly, and um, I would love for you to just you know kind of moving off of the who are you, um, share with me some of that. And I'm just going to jump in and ask you questions along the way if that's okay. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I so I started. Um, I mean. As most teenagers, I think I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do, but I ended up going into music performance, um, Mm. so classical music. Um, And it was something that I got a lot of external validation for, and it was something Mm. I got a lot of attention for, and I think that's probably what encouraged me to keep going. Um, But after, you know, 15, 17, 20 years of of being in that field, I really started to feel like this just really isn't aligned with me. Um, And part of it was that introversion, um, just that I'm not a performer. I'm not someone who wants to be on the stage in front of other people. Mm -hmm. I'm not someone who, as you said, gets energized by that. Um, It's something that I actually have massive anxiety about. And so, and then the other aspects of that were that um, the stress level was just really high. Mm. You know, there was just a lot of pressure um, on different occasions. um, And that was just part of kind of the job. And those were all things that I realized, like, really made my life unpleasant. I mean, Mm. you know, not to be, but just like on a regular basis to kind of be dealing with those levels of stress and that level of pressure um, and that level of going against my nature of not wanting to be out there um, Mm. in front of people necessarily um, was all just kind of taking a toll. And so Mm. that's when I kind of decided, I I think I need to make a shift. So what did you do? Um, Instrument? Did you play uh, play something or did you sing? My daughter is a vocalist, Mm -hmm. so I connect with that experience of being in that uh, arena. Yeah, yeah. I so I started playing violin when I was um, about ten, and then when I was about twelve, I changed to bass. Mm. So just stand up bass, like in the orchestra. Um, so it was, you know, I think I skated by for a while because it's not an instrument that is in the spotlight a lot. Mm. Um, but if you want to have that as your career you're put on the spot a lot in terms of auditions and um, performances and things like that so excuse me so yeah it was you know and I loved being a part of the orchestra I loved being part of this big thing that we were all kind of creating together Um, but again there was a big part of Mm. the job or getting to the job which was just these kind of like solo auditions and performances and things. Mm. And that part I did not enjoy so much. So for you, when you decided to make this um, life shift, was this a 
all-in shift or did you hold on to pieces of that? Is it something that you still, do you still play? Do you still dabble in it? Or do you, you, you were like, nope, this is a clean cut. Like I am moving on. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I, it, it, it sounds very nice and easy that like, oh, I did this for a while and then I realized it wasn't for me. And so I switched gears and in truth, it probably took 10 years to make mm. that shift, right? Like it wasn't, you know, something that I figured out overnight and decided to change right away. Um, I really had been in a way trying to get out of, at least out of performing for quite some time. So I tried working in arts administration and I tried working um, as a teacher and I, you know, um, towards the end was was kind of running some education programs for an orchestra. And so kind of combining all of those things. And there was even one like brief period in there where I decided to go to library science school because I'd always like thought how great it would be to be a librarian. Mm. Um, so it was something that kind of happened in fits and starts over time. Mm. Um, and then it was the buildup, I think, of all of those attempted shifts where I was like, clearly this is, you know, something that I want to shift out of and shift away from and, um, and how can I really do that? And so once I did, um, I didn't give up performing right away for probably five years after I started my business, I, um, I still play. Um, and so that was nice to kind of have that connection, but as I started to get more comfortable in kind of my new identity, because for such a long time, musician had been my full identity. I bet, yeah. It was really, yeah, it was really like when you ask, you know, you know, 10 years ago, if you had said, who are you? I would have said, I'm a musician. You know, that's just like what um, my whole life felt focused on. Um, And so once I started to get comfortable in a newer identity, I started to be able to let go um, but that took time too. Again, that was not yeah. like an easy or quick shift. Um, and but now at this point, um, it has been almost ten years, and I don't play anymore at all. Um, I don't even have my instrument anymore. I sold my mm-hmm. instrument. So um, it it took some time, and it was a gradual process. But um, yeah, at this point, I I don't really consider myself a musician anymore, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange to even yeah. say that out loud. Yeah. So in in this new shift for you, gradual, and then some of those little like, key markers along the way where you knew there was a decision made, um, what were you discovering about yourself that pulled you away from that identity, a mus- musician that gives you a new um, outlook of yourself? So mm. yeah, like what, what did you discover? Yeah. Well, one thing that I really discovered um, was that I am good at connecting with people, Mm. especially one-on-one and in small groups, um, and that I'm good at being a guide for other people. I'm sure you feel similarly Mm -hmm. um, to help other people kind of figure out what's going on with themselves. Um, And so that was something that kind of had always been there and it had been something that just happened maybe with friends or again, having these deep conversations or, you know, kind of at little points along the way. But, um, I get energy from that. I get energy from like, like we were talking about before learning about other people's stories, Mm -hmm. asking questions and kind of helping people, you know, find their way a little bit. Um, and so that was something that I, hadn't really put any value on before, but then I slowly became, I slowly was able to see that like, oh no, that is a skill. That is something that does have value. Um, and it's something that can be useful for a lot of people. Yeah. So that was really something that I had to, um, you know, give some worth to in my Mm. own mind. It's interesting when we, when we find ourselves doing that thing that we just enjoy that space that we just like to be in, and we don't always recognize it as value. We just recognize it as this is comfortable for me. Um, I like being in this mm-hmm. space. Um, so when somebody can come along and say, no, there's actually value in that. Like, 
people need that. And so you become someone who's providing a need that needs to be uh, met. So tell me a little bit about what you created out of that. Um, I want to say skill set because it is a skill. Not everyone can do that, but it's also out of just who you are. Yeah, well, you know, kind of my, maybe my first love um, had always been fashion, clothes and mm. fashion. Um, and so that wait, wait, was something that... How I, did you yeah. discover that? I'm really curious. You know, oh. in all of this, you you yeah. you walk out as a musician into life, but you say, but I think I always loved this. So, yeah. so tell me about that. Yeah, well, I don't even... Sure, I... Um, I always knew that, like from from when I was a really little girl. Mm. <clears throat> I always loved clothes. I was always paying attention to other people's clothes. I loved going to stores and going shopping and seeing what was out there. <clears throat> um, my grandma, my mom's mom, was to me the most fashionable woman in the mm-hmm. world. Um, and so I was really um, just kind of enamored of her and how she always looked so stylish and, and uh and just classic. Um, and so like my growing up, my requests for a gift would always be if she asked me, what do you want for your birthday? Um, I would always say, I just want to go shopping with you. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to have that, that kind of experience with her. Um, so bringing two, two loves together, the intimacy, mm -hmm. the connection, but also a love for fashion. That is really, Mm -hmm. that is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a real connection that I had with my grandmother, um, that my mom, my mom always says that Jean like skipped her. So she just really had no interest (laughs) in clothes. Um, so, um, and then, you know, when I got, I mean, I remember bringing home like Vogue magazine from the library when I was, you know, young, like Mm -hmm. nine, 10, um, just, I just always loved all of that. The kind of the excitement, the, the, the art part, the art piece of it. Um, I just love getting dressed and I love looking at, at that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of always was someone who cared a lot about that and who spent a lot of time thinking about what I was going to wear, um, and spending a lot of time and effort on that. Um, and then as I got older, it was something that other people would ask for my help with. Um, so I would, you know, I'm sure you have that friend or maybe you are that yeah, friend, yeah. but we all, we all have that friend who you go to when you say like, I, you know, I don't know what to wear for this thing I have to go yeah. to, or can you come shopping with me? Or can you help me clean out my closet? I have so many things. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was kind of that friend. Um, and so, you know, when I was kind of going through this very long and gradual shift, um, being in fashion was something I had always thought was just never attainable. Mm. I really just thought it's for someone who is cooler than me. It's for someone who's more beautiful than me. It's for someone who, um, you know, grew up in New York city, you know, whatever Mm. the things were, it was just, it was just not for me. And so really I had, um, really helpful therapist who helped me kind of work through some of that and, um, and helped me realize that, that actually other people could see this, again, this kind of um, intuitive skill that I had about putting things together and about letting go of what, you know, is not needed. <clears throat> and so she really helped me see that, like, other people are are, are seeing this in you and, and, and maybe you don't think that it's something that's valuable, but, but, but maybe it is. Maybe it's something that could be. I don't think your roadblocks to fashion that you had um... – are necessarily isolated to you. I think a lot of us feel like we can't even approach fashion or dressing ourselves. At least I'm not you. I am the friend that you will help. Um, <laughs> and and the idea that, oh, well, the, yeah, I have all these reasons why I can't wear that or I can't, um, you know, I might like something I see, but it's not for me, Right. So Mm -hmm. that's really interesting. So when you come to the other side of that, um, I'm I'm kind of reading between the lines here. 
this wasn't just about clothes. This was a holistic experience that not only you were going through, but I'm guessing that's what you do with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, yeah, it was about learning to, um, I, you know, I think I'd always only valued things that kind of the external external world sees as valuable in terms of achievements and successes and, you know, just getting to a high level at something. Um, and I had never valued um, these things that I had inside me. And so mm-hmm. it really was this journey of learning to value what what I had to give. Um, I really, you know, this is, this is some of this is coming, um, coming together just as I speak it out loud. You know, I hadn't really valued the parts of myself, um, that were just me. I really had only valued things that, that kind of checked off boxes in terms of achievements, Mm. um, that other people could really see. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something that, um, that I, that I had to learn. And, and then I will also say that only over time was I able to become more confident in it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really something that I kind of had to prove for myself over and over again that, oh no, actually you are helping this person. Oh, this is really helpful to them. They're very grateful. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. these are all things that, that, um, other people are feeling and you need to value it as much as, as they are. So what did you, what did you create? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, basically, um, when I started even just kind of allowing the idea of something in fashion to be a possibility, I just started doing some research into the different, um, areas in the field. Um, and I realized that there's this area of fashion called personal styling, which is essentially describing what I had already been doing for people. So it's really, um, helping, helping women get dressed, you know, Mm -hmm. um, And so I did a ton of research into that and um, decided that I would first start a blog and then start a business um, Mm -hmm. based around that. And so um, I started a business called Mindful Closet in 2013. And I thought at first, um, I'll just try this for a year and see how it goes. Um, And luckily I had a really I have a really supportive husband and, and he was all for it because he knew how miserable I'd been kind of in my previous Mm. jobs. And he was ready, so ready for me to do something that I loved. Um, and so that's how it started out. And at this point now I've created a business where I get to make my own hours. I get to allow for the rest that I need. Um, I get to allow for like the emotional recovery that I need from working with people. I get to have those conversations with women all the time. I get to think about and look at clothes all the time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. (laughs) So if I came to you as a client, what would you do with me? Sure. So the way that I work with people, um, and it's evolved, you know, over time, but the way that I work with people, um, these days is, um, mostly one-on-one and mostly over a period of two or three months. Um, and so we go through a whole process where we, um, we kind of acknowledge your style stories, which is the relationship you've had with clothes over the course of your life. Mm. And, who you got messages from about what you should and shouldn't be wearing. I'd be quite, I'd be curious about that with you, Jess, like yeah. where you got these ideas. Oh, that's that, a loaded question, honestly. Uh-huh. Well, it is for everyone, really, yeah. you know. It's like, no, I was told that I couldn't wear this because of this thing about my body or I was told I couldn't wear this because yeah. that means I'm too vain or I'm not pretty enough for that or just right. whatever, you know, the the stories might be. Um So we spend a lot of time uncovering that. um, And then we spend some time defining people's aesthetic styles. So um, figuring out what it is that they love the look of. And the hard part is, as you said earlier, the really hard part is, can you figure out what you love the look of without all that censorship falling down in front of it? Can you figure it out? Can you see what you like without that that filter in your brain saying, but that's not for you. You couldn't do that. You couldn't wear that. Um, 
and so that's that's really where we start. Um, after that, we'll go through your closet and kind of edit out a bunch of stuff that's not serving you that maybe you bought because of the messages you were given, mm-hmm. but really never felt aligned for you. Um, we'll see what's missing, and then we'll start the process of shopping. Um, I'll, I'll kind of teach. I mean, I, I always want people to kind of go through this process and then have the skills to do it for themselves. Mm. Um, and so I'll kind of teach you my process for shopping and and how to do it without getting overwhelmed and, and how to kind of narrow in on what it is that you really want Mm -hmm. to be wearing and buying. Um, and then as part of the, the package, when I work with people, um, for the first time is I do always do a bunch of personal shopping for them. So I'll always go off and, um, do several hours of shopping, um, to, I always want to kind of prove to people because everyone really feels like they come in with this, this idea of the way that I want to look or the way that I want to feel is not possible. The things are not out there. Um, and so that's really where the, the challenge for me comes in with personal shopping is I want Mm -hmm. to go out and find the things and show you like, no, here, here they are. Here are the things that you can wear that make you feel great that do come in your size that are, you know, available. Um, and then I, I do a whole session, which is just the trying on process because trying on clothes can be really so um, much anxiety there. Traumatic, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of people have had really triggering experiences, um, shopping and trying on clothes. I mean, I always love shopping, but I know now that for many, many women, it's not fun. It's not yeah. something they enjoy. Um, and so I kind of hold your hand through that, that try on process. And we talk about ways to know, like, how, how do I know if this is going to be something that I will really wear, or it's going to be something that will just, you know, hang in my closet with the tags on, um, you know, figuring out how to get in touch with how your body feels when you put on a certain Mm -hmm. thing and not even just necessarily how it feels physically, but how you feel in it, you know? Mm Um, and then, um, Towards the end, we'll we'll probably do a little more shopping because shopping is a long process and no yeah. one gets a whole new wardrobe and just, you know. Nails it the first time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so we go slowly. <clears throat> That's always part of the expectation that I try and set. And so we'll do a little bit more. We'll maybe fill in a few more pieces. And then we kind of wrap up trying to integrate everything and really reflect back on like, okay, here's where we started. Here are the things you thought weren't for you. Here's Here's what you were, you know hoping for and and these were the ideal kind of styles for you and here's how we got there and here's how you can keep going mm. on this path after we're done so yeah. I hope that explained a little bit of- it, it sounds like um a, a beautiful experience um for like I I come I listen to what you're saying and I'm like I absolutely need that but there is a really scary <laughs> part of that process too um mm. Uh, for me, yeah. there is a lot of anxiety around, um, you know, shopping. I tend to be somebody who puts a lot of things in my cart. And by the time I get to the end, it's all out. I have dispersed mm-hmm. it throughout the mm-hmm. store somewhere and I actually mm-hmm. leave with nothing. And um, mm-hmm. but there's those, all those messages that come in about, mm-hmm. um, what, you know, I'm barely five foot two. So mm-hmm. most clothes are not made for my height or at least not for my short legs. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that I can just simply go shopping and expect that this really cute outfit over here looks the same on me, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then there's this experience about my body image suddenly that I wasn't anticipating. So mm-hmm. that brings up a question. Um, how much of that topic do you have to work through with your clients in terms of body image it almost sounds like you're just this collective of mindset shifts body image I don't know if you go down that road yeah absolutely yeah yeah I mean that's a huge huge part of it and and that was something I only realized after I had been working with women for a while I mean as I kind of described to you before um I really came to this because of my love of clothes and fashion um But when I started doing this work, I realized that so many women could not get themselves dressed because of the insecurities they had about their bodies, right? That was really the biggest thing. And it was 
across the board. I couldn't believe it didn't matter my the age of my clients. It didn't matter mm-hmm. the size or shape of my clients. Everyone felt this way, that that really they were not allowed to wear certain things because of their body. Um, and that they just felt, they were all just holding themselves to these really unrealistic expectations yeah. of perfection, really. Um, and so, yeah, we talk about that all the way along. And that's what comes up a lot in that initial session, the style stories. And with those messages, I mean, most of the messages are around their bodies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because we've gotten those messages um, about what we can and can't wear because of our bodies from some of us get it directly from our mothers. Mm-hmm. Some of us get it from culture. Some of mm-hmm. us get it from magazines. Um, but it's kind of everywhere. And so it takes a lot of acknowledgement and awareness to to see those things for what they are and then and then make a choice about whether you want to stick to that or let it go. So how do you feel about uh, the industry? And this is a little bit a broader um, question, but we have seen a huge shift socially in fashion. We see a lot of a lot more um, body shapes, curves, things entering into um, a, a lot of different genres of fashion. I don't know if that's the right word for for that, but um, <laughs> swimsuits. We're seeing a lot more body types in um, advertising for that. Athletic clothes. We're seeing a lot more body types. Um, and, and I think there's a hopeful side to that. It seems like, like across the board social, you know, as a, as a culture here in America, but I'd be curious what your feel or take is on, uh, you, you must hear these are reasons people <laughs> yeah. don't want to walk down the road of fashion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to remember Um, First of all, I agree with you totally. Like, I'm so heartened by some of the stuff that's happening now, by some of the retailers who are showing clothes on all different kinds of bodies, um, by the, you know, kind of body positive movement. Um, And also, it's such a short amount of time in comparison to what has come before. Yeah. You know, and so you really just think about the fact that, I mean, there's, there's two levels to it. I'll, I'll just say the first one is, you know, I'm working with, with women in their thirties, forties, fifties. And so we may have had a couple of years where this shift is, is starting to happen. And and like you, I do have hope for the future, but unfortunately most of us have had 20 or Mm -hmm. 30 or 40 years of the indoctrination into this idea that our bodies need to be what we see in the media. And and although we're seeing these certain examples, again, I think if you just look across the board, it's just still overwhelmingly this ideal standard of beauty, which is as close to, you know, kind of like tall, thin, blonde, blue eyed um, as you can get. And the mm-hmm. further away that you are from that ideal standard of beauty, the more marginalized you are, the more you feel, again, like you can't participate. Yeah. Um, so there's that level um, that it. it it's been this way in our lifetimes. And then I think we have to like think too about the centuries of patriarchy and the centuries of um, women being subjugated to just being bodies for other people's use, um, you know? And so it's, it's like in that sense, it's almost um, it's, it's genetically passed down, you yeah. know, the, the, these ideas that, that we, we should not value our own bodies or we, our bodies are not worthy. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to break down. And, and, you know, I just hope to make a little start in that, just make mm-hmm. a little dent in the process for people um, because it is so, there is so much of it. So I had a recent experience. Um, what you're saying makes me think of this. Um been planning for quite some time to take a trip to the British Virgin Isles. So we mm-hmm. did this, uh, it was a sailing trip. We did uh, about 11 days on on sail and then uh, we're visiting different islands and all of this. So uh, as we plan this, you have this image in your head of what you will look like in this vacation, what you will feel like 
mm-hmm. as you sail, how your clothes will flow, how what hat you're going to wear, what what romanticized experience you've put money, you've put thought, time, prep into this. And when you look at other, like, say, advertising um, around a vacation like this, you see one body type. We're not advertising multiple body sizes and shapes when we advertise this vacation, right? And so you go to go find the flowy white shirt or the... um, the the swimsuit maybe i mean that's always i think that's just always on the table as a <laughs> as a stressor but there's this I, idea you have in your head for this experience and then you add on top of that this social media life everything is a picture every experience is a a moment it has to be instagrammed it has to be you know and so then you've got this double thing where you take all this with you on vacation with you. And um, and I found myself, um, surprisingly, I didn't know I was in this space, but I found myself very um, consumed with uh, this juggling of just being in the moment and experiencing the vacation. And what do I feel like in my clothes? What do I look like in my clothes? What, what's happening? It was, it was a really surprising, um, experience for me that I am, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not sure, um, if it would have been, I don't want to say possible, but, uh, it wasn't something I prepared for. It wasn't a a part of my trip that I had planned. I planned everything else, Mm -hmm. but not, not that stress. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. And I think um, I think we all feel that way sometimes and we all have to give ourselves self-compassion for, again, that just being like the water that we're swimming in these mm-hmm. days. Um, but it's true. I mean, <clears throat> and this is part of where I think another important thing that we all need to do for ourselves so that we can be more comfortable in our own skins is to retrain our eye and retrain our brain about what certain things look like in our minds. Mm -hmm. Right. And because you're right, like you get, you know, you see like a picture of a tropical vacation in a magazine or you see a movie or you see a commercial and you're right. It's one kind of body. And, and then if our bodies don't fit that narrative, how do we feel? Right. Right. Um, And so I think, like a big part of what I do a lot with my clients as well is we're, we're kind of getting visual reminders of their aesthetic style. But along the way, we also have to create a visual reminder that there are bodies that are like theirs that can look the way that they want mm. to feel. Mm. Um, and so there's that, there's that piece of it. And then there's the piece of, that we're just so valuing today, these days, I feel like in our culture, we're we're valuing so much the external approval of other people Mm -hmm. and kind of that image um, that we want other people to see. And we value that, I think, more than how we feel, you know, in the moment. And so it's so, but again, it's like, we have to give ourselves compassion for that because of course we feel that way because look at everything that we're kind of just inundated with yeah. every day, all day long. So um, I find that so interesting. And also that makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, I obviously should have uh, chatted with you before my trip <laughs> and had I mean, your help. I mean, what a, what a gift. I mean, honestly, didn't realize a resource like that existed, but could I have taken um, an, an anxiety out of an experience I was really looking mm-hmm. forward to by working with somebody like you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that is something that I think, um, it, it can be just really helpful just to, to have someone uh, like along with you for the mm-hmm. ride and just saying like, you know, I, you know, I'm interested because it sounds like you had kind of a vision of yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> And I, I would have wanted to help you, you know, kind of put that 
vision into practice. Mm. Um, and also at the same time, this is a, this is a weird balance of what I feel like I do is that I, I do want to help people feel really great in their clothes. And also at the same time, I want to remind them that clothes are not the only thing that's important. Right. So it's like clothes can be very important and, and we want to feel good in them, but at the same time, they're just part of the experience Mm -hmm. and really how we feel. I think how we feel is much more important than how we look. Um, And I say that as someone who helps people get dressed. And Mm -hmm. I really think that if all of us could value, so sorry, if all of us could value how we feel a little bit um, more highly, then we could let go of some of those messages about how we're supposed to look. Mm -hmm. So for you working um, with clients in this area, um, how much do you find that it changes you along the way? Because my work changes me after every client I work with. I am like, wow, yeah, okay, there's new insight. There's new mindset shifts. It takes me to new places too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that every time, I mean, I just love getting to live for a short time with someone else's experience. You know, I mean, I can't have the same experience as all of my clients. I don't have their lived experience, but I love having this like short period of time where I get to, um, pardon the pun, but like step into their shoes a little bit and feel how they feel and help them explore, um, how to feel better, you know? Yeah. I, I am imagining that it's an incredibly intimate space with someone. Yeah, it really is. It's super vulnerable. I mean, people, um, and I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of our conversation of, of skills that I didn't value, I think that's something, that's another one that I have, that people feel safe enough with me to be able to open up about these like innermost fears and insecurities mm-hmm. um, and things that it's not common have a conversation about you know it's not common to talk Mm -hmm. to someone about you know um I want to wear this but my mom told me when I was young that certain kind of things were not gonna be flattering on me and you know but just kind of getting really deep into all that stuff is um it is it's it requires some vulnerability and I'm super grateful that people trust me in that in that space Mm. So let's uh, shift just a little bit. I, um, I, I believe that everything we, we do in our life is all connected. Um, so I'm curious. Um, I love to find out what people are, um, are reading. Um, what are they taking in as they do their journey? And so I'm curious, what are, what are you uh, reading or have read recently that um, that either you're really enjoying or you're really impacted by um, that you could share with me? Oh, my gosh. Well, so many. I, I do so much reading just to help with trying to get new ways to explore this concept of, of body image mm-hmm. and feeling good in our bodies and trusting our bodies. Um, and um, so one book that has been super helpful in that is called, it's called more than a body. Mm. Um, and it's by Lexi and Lindsay kite. Um, and they have studied really what media has, how media has affected our body images. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fascinating book and, and their, their theory is really that we need to remember that our, I think they say our, our body is an instrument and not an ornament. So we're really here to to be and to do and not to be just looked at. Um, and that those are the things that we have to value about ourselves um, and not just this external um, appearance. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so, so important. Um, so, yeah, lots of books. Um, My Body is Not an Apology. Um, you know, a lot of anti-diet books. Um and then I'm, I'm kind of a personal development junkie too, yeah, um, yeah. on my own. And so I'm always reading something. I'm trying to think what was the last thing I read. Honestly, I'm terrible at, at seeing, at remembering things. Um, 
I'm but so I'm happy if you asked me my, this question, my, I'd stumble yeah, right now. <laughs> I, right, exactly. Um, so I'm actually, I really am. I'm going to pull up my Kindle um, app and, and just look at some of the last ones. Because um, I'm just always, well, I just started reading a book called How We Show Up. Um, mm. And it's called, re, the subtitle is Reclaiming Family, Friendship, and Community. And that's by Mia Birdsong. Um yeah, just lots, lots and lots of stuff. And then I'm always like trying to read about things that, that make um, my daily life a little bit more easy um, mm -hmm. with parenting and, and um, well, we'll just, we'll just call it parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how old um, are your kiddos? I didn't ask you yeah, that earlier. Yeah, so I have... That's okay. I have a three and a half year old and an eight year old. So we're still, um, things are starting to settle a little bit, but early motherhood was really, really tough. Um, really, you know, I know, I mean, motherhood is hard for everyone, but for someone who's highly sensitive and an introvert and having, you know, yeah. all the chaos and all the noise <laughs> and, and all the stuff has been hard. Um, and that really required a lot of, um, refilling my bucket. Mm. Um, and so that was something that I was so grateful to have the space for with the way that I have set up my work, you know, so to, that I could have that time and space. I was going to gonna say, recover. it sounds like those, those really busy ages were right smack in the middle of you building a business. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so it went, yeah. And honestly, it went very slowly for a while because of that. I mean, mm -hmm. the first the, the years that each of my children was born, I hardly worked at all, really, mm. you know, because I had yeah. them home with me all the time. Right. Um, and then, you know, and then, of course, um, my my oldest was in preschool part time for various periods of time. And then as soon as we were about to have them both in full time childcare, the pandemic hit. Oh, so, gosh. yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's been a challenge. Um, that's been a constant um, a constant throughout all the work stuff has been, you know, how do I parent at the same time as doing all of yeah. this? So yeah, that's been, um, a growth experience. Yeah. <laughs> and how long have you been married? Let's see, I'll be, have been married for 12 years this year. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that's its own, um, work that needs to be done. Yeah. And, um, I'm really happy, always, but, yeah. but I always, yeah, we're always working on that and currently seeing a therapist and have seen therapists in the past. And yeah. um, again, that's another thing that parenting obviously really affects. So sometimes yeah. you just need a little help. Well, yeah, you need somebody to see what you don't see and open that up for yeah. you, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the work of healers in this world is um, – I'm glad – I'm glad uh, as humans we're seeing the need for it and not seeing that we can handle it all anymore. Um, but to have the yeah. support along the way, I wish I'd known that in my younger um, parenting days. Um, and yes, the, the the moment that we as a family, I have two daughters, they're adults now, but um, the moment we all allowed therapy into our life, as a family mm -hmm. it transformed us. Um, yeah. and it's just an understood now in our family that this is part of doing life is to have the outside resource and not thinking we can just do it all on our own. Um, yeah, I think we're much healthier that so for much. that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. well, I would, I would love, I, I'm just going to be passing your name along because, um, <laughs> I just think this is, um, far more holistic than I expected when mm -hmm. I, um, you know, read your intake. And it really excites me that you're doing this work um, on two levels. One, I see the need. I see the the resource that it is um, to women. The other is I'm always excited to see when someone says, this is who I am and this is what I can create around who I am. And that is, uh, my story is very different, but trying to fit that square peg in a round hole over and over and over again is an exhausting life. And to see that you have uh, created um, a space uh, just for you um, that actually meets uh, the needs 
um, and the cares of um, of other women. Um, so I just I just applaud that. Um, I will be hiring you. <laughs> um, that will be a. Um, I'm. I, I honestly I just didn't know a resource like this um, existed in an area that um, I wouldn't have said prior to this conversation that um, I had an issue. But hearing you talk yeah. and hearing you um, explain some of the things you go through with your clients, I'm like, I'm that client. Like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is something I would love to take this roadblock out of my life. Um, mm-hmm. So, so let, uh, let our listeners know how to get in touch with you. If they would like to contact you, I'm going to put it in the show notes too, but I'd love for them to hear it from you. How yeah. would you like to be contacted? Where do you show up um, in the world? Social media, website, that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. So my website is mindfulcloset.com. Um, and you can get in touch with me there. And then I'm also on Instagram at mindfulcloset, And that's where I like to hang out. Um, I have to try and keep my boundaries around <laughs> social media, right? For right. all the reasons that we <laughs> talked about. So I try to stick to Instagram Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, but I don't always succeed. So, but that's definitely a place that I am, um, often just chatting and, and hanging mm-hmm. out. So come find me there. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to put all that info clickable in my show notes. Um, and, um, I, I just hope I'm going to follow you and I'm just going to, um, look forward to seeing those stories continue. You, you are helping women tell a story about themselves to the world. Mm. And mm. I think that's a beautiful thing. My work is to help them discover what that story is on, not on an external or, or I don't want to say external, but um, not on a fashion level. Um, but right, I see yeah. the marriage um, of that work mm-hmm. that the work that I do um, there, are, there is a component like yours that continues to help them mm-hmm. to Absolutely. tell that story that they want to tell the story, tell the world. Um, I know yeah. I have hangups about what I can and cannot wear um, based on all kinds of programming. I'm like going the Rolodex right now, going through that in my head mm-hmm. and, right. and going, but this is part of why I struggle then to tell who I am to the world or to be who I am to the world in an authentic way. So, um, so I am, I'm excited. I think this is going to be one of those resources that, that my clients, um, are going to need. And I will be yeah, definitely sharing that with them. It's not something I can do for them either. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for putting it that way for helping my clients tell their story. I think that is so beautiful and I've never put it that way. And it's so true. I really love it. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing who you are and what you do and what you, um, how you show up in the world. Um, I think it's beautiful and, um, and I look forward to to seeing all the stories you tell. Thank you, Justin. Same for you. I'm so glad you're here and telling these stories. And thank you for having me um, as part of it. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for listening. And may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you.